Hello, and welcome to the Uncovered Podcast. I'm your host, Kian Renee, intimate portrait photographer and central movement coach. For over a decade, my job has been to read people's body language and be a guide for my clients' inward and outward exploration. For years, I've held space for conversations around the mind, body, relationships, sensuality, and health as a guest on various podcasts, written articles, as well as hosting intimate events. This is my very first podcast where all of these delicious topics come together, combining my education as an artist, sensual somatic facilitator, patient advocate, and coach. All of this to empower you to connect closer to yourself, your own truths, and help you find the words to continue these conversations in your own personal circles. So today's Uncovered Conversation sounds a little bit like this. I was a little nervous because I never really talked about like pussy out in the open like that at that time I did. <laughs> and so I finally put it up there and so many people were responding and I was like, oh shit, we need this. Like we need this energy. So I just need to be bold. Mm-hmm. And I just challenged myself. I quit that pole studio, started Sugar and Sage that October. If you can't already tell, this woman is a fucking gem. I've been following her online for quite some time now. She inspires the fuck out of me every single day. Um, she drops so many gems during this episode that in full transparency, I started recording some of these interviews at the tail end of September in 2021, not even knowing if I was really going to do this, not even knowing what this was going to be, how to even like host a fucking podcast. I didn't even have a fancy ass mic that you hear me talking on now. I just, it was just me and my laptop, a spark of an idea, my curiosity and having these connections with people um, that I was ready to just share with the world. So I'm just going to be quiet now without further ado. Miss Desiree. All right. So today we have Miss Desiree. You can all, you've probably seen her online as like, I am Pole Bunny. That's how I found her. I love, love, love her energy and the things that she teaches, whether it's on purpose or not, just from you watching her. She is a sassy mom of two, a self-proclaimed crazy plant lady, a central liberator, which I love. We're going to get into that. A pleasure activist. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and a, a Yanni egg practitioner and a registered yoga teacher with Yoga Alliance. So I'm really like, I'm thrilled to have her on today and to have her tra- uh, share her story. She says that she was transformed by her undeniable passion for soul filled sensuality, embodied movement, feminine pleasure, and sisterhood into what is now Sugar Sage. Um, y'all know that that's the type that I eat for fucking breakfast. Hello. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? <laughs> I'm so good. Vibrating high. <laughs> you look beautiful. I love your blazer and your, um, is that a bustier that you have underneath there? What is that? It's a bodysuit. Oh, okay. Nothing at the bottom. I was like, let me just throw on a jacket and that way I can look like I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> you look beautiful 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 and your energy feels really good already um so yeah thank you for being here so why don't you tell us where you're from like a little bit about your background all the good stuff so we can get to know you yes I am from Texas born and raised in Texas so I'm a southern girl super southern so as we're talking you'll hear me say like y'all and I just can't help it it's okay (laughs) 
And um, I'm a mom of two, as you said, and um, how I got started on this whole journey, I was working in corporate and was bored, to be honest. And I am the type who didn't do well working for others. You know, I just didn't. It's something about it didn't click. (laughs) So, um, and at this point I was working in HR too. So when I say corporate, like super corporate and um, I left one day I just was like, okay, you know what I'm done. I put in my little notice and I opened up a pole dance studio. Cause at that time I had started exploring pole dance but I wasn't really sharing it online like that mm-hmm. because then it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't really a thing, you know we were on social media but we weren't sharing. It was still very, very taboo. Like yeah. very taboo. What year was that? And I'm curious. This was back in, I started pole dance in 2013. Okay. Yep, yeah. in 2013. So this was before pole dance really kicked off, you know, online in like 2008, 2009. However, you know, it started to kind of trickle into the, what we call like the mom community and things like that. And, um, but it still wasn't popular on, you know, Instagram or social media like that. It was still very, very, very taboo. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna open up a pole dance studio. And at that time there was only two in Dallas, which is where I'm from. I believe it was on like two at that time. So I opened it and had a hard time building that business only because I wasn't allowed to have the name pole in the, um, in my business name, you know, on the building. It was just a lot. Wow. Yeah. That business was open for three months. That's how much hell they gave me. They, the city raised hell with me over it. Not surprised, but geez. Ugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but um, yeah, they raised a lot of hell with me. And so I ended up closing that business and teaching virtually. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. And I took that business and transformed it into sugar and sage. So I've always worked with women or those who identify, and I've always worked within the movement space, the sensual movement space. Um, So that's how I started and that's how I'm here. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I love that you like answered the call within yourself because there's so many of us who like feel like we want to do something else. You know, corporate America, I used to work at um, for an advertising agency years ago and I felt the same way. Like I just, I didn't like it. I don't like working for nobody else, but it's just like, it's bigger than that. You know what I mean? So bravo mm-hmm. to you for like answering that call um, you. to yourself, to your I don't know. I don't always want to say higher self, but I guess higher self. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's so beautiful. So um, I've been following you on Instagram. I don't know if it's, it's been probably like two years now, I want to say. And I probably was like really quiet at first. And then I just started sharing a bunch of your stuff because it just fired me up so much. And I felt it was really important to highlight other women, especially women of color, Black women who are very in tune with themselves, very unapologetic. Um, but very, very confident in the way where it wasn't like they felt like they had to show exactly who they were. You just are online. And I love that about you. So before, like we started recording, I was telling her about like, I just, I see you and I feel you. And I know that you're not putting on, this is, is, you are just who you are. And I just think that that's so beautiful. Um, and also, so I did, I think I asked a question on IG a couple of weeks ago about like, if people had read the book, Pussy by Mama Gina. And you said that one of the first books that started yeah. your journey. Please tell us about when you read that book and what kind of like, what clicked for you? 
So I didn't even know I needed that book. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I was teaching at a pole studio. This was in 2000, I believe it was 2016. It may have been 2017 because I can't, it gets fuzzy at that time. And that's, yeah. So I was teaching at a pole studio and this is a time when Audible kind of kicked off and it was really popular. So I was like, I think Amazon had a little free trial. And I was like, sure, you know what? I'm going to sign up for Audible, although I love a physical book. But I had to travel almost an hour to teach at this pole studio. So I had nothing but time, an hour there, an hour back. And so I got on Audible and I was searching for books that were like around divine feminine, goddess energy, because I just was really into, you know how you begin your journey or when you really kick off your reawakening journey, you don't even know where you're starting. Instead, you're just like, okay, goddesses. You just start searching shit you think, you know, you know like goddesses or this or divine feminine. You just start pulling up, you know, things. And so Pussy of Reclamation came up as a suggestion and I was like, okay, I love the title, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> and um, I started playing it in the car and I remember driving and trying to like, because you can notate an audible and trying to take notes at the same time. That's how good it was. And I think I listened to it over a few days. It, it took me a little time to really let it, you know, sit. And after that, everything changed. Mm. When I tell you everything changed, it changed. And I don't even know if it was the call of the book meaning the calling that came from that book or if it was the calling from within and the book was just a tool, you know? That's how it felt for me. At that point, I went vegan, everything switched and veganism has nothing to do with the book. So that's how I'm like, I I just believe that book was a support for me. That wasn't the, the call, you know? And I feel like, not I feel like, I know that it can be like that with any book, you know, or anything you pick up. Mm-hmm. It may not be for someone else. It may not be pussy of reclamation. It may be something else that really triggers that, that thing in them. Like, Hey, it's time for you to remember who you are. And that's when I knew my life would forever be different. The next week after reading that book, I posted about it on Instagram. And this was when Insta stories were just starting. So I was a little nervous because I never really talked about like pussy out in the open like that. At that time I didn't. And so I finally put it up there and so many people were responding and I was like, oh shit, we need this. Like we need this energy. So I just need to be bold. Mm -hmm. And I just challenged myself. I quit that pole studio, started Sugar and Sage that October. So that's how quick it was for me. I read, I finished that book and then just started reading a number of books and studying, I kicked off my yoni egg practice, everything and just, yeah, started sugar and sage and was like, okay, we need this. And I remember posting on Instagram saying, um, and this was a post and I did a picture where I was wearing like a little lingerie cause I hadn't done that yet. And I was wearing some lingerie and I was like, just so y'all know this page is changing. Mm. So you can leave now. Or you can yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost a whole bunch of followers and kind of started over at that point and that's when whole body transformed and it was off of that one book so um again it was off of the support of that one book I kid you not yeah I'm just having so many thoughts um I kind of just want to know like everything you were reading (laughs) during that time and also like the social part of it like the online presence being seen as a black woman being very vocal and owning yourself owning your 
your feminine identity, your sensuality, being able to say the word pussy online, just all of these mm-hmm. things. Like, I kind of want to learn about the backlash, like all of it, give it to me. Like, yeah. what you want to share about any of that? It's, um, ooh, so books wise, there's quite a few, but the main ones that I read at that time were um, Pussy Reclamation by Mama Gina. I also read, um, of course, Sacred Woman. That was one of the books I actually owned before Pussy Reclamation. Mm-hmm. So Sacred Woman, Sacred Woman by Queen Afua, uh, Women, The Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Dr. Clarissa is a big one. Those are the major three that I would say. Um, I still have books that I reference now, but those are the top three that I, were, I was reading at that time. And um, when it comes down to the backlash, I it's, it's so funny because I think that we often assume that people care about us more than they really do. Yeah. And when I say that, I'm I mean, not that people don't care. People care about y'all. They love you, you know? (laughs) However, people don't think, (laughs) they don't think about the things as much as we think about them. So a lot of times we have this reservation and I, and I'm speaking just from my experience, I had this reservation from showing up, right? I was really resistant to it because I was like, well, what are people going to think? I'm a mom. Truthfully, I'm a wife. I've been married for 14 years. People don't know that about me because I'm very private. Mm -hmm. But um, so I I was just like, what are people going to think? My husband didn't care. You know, he's completely like, hey, show up for yourself. You know, he's here for all of it. (laughs) He's super supportive. Um, But he's also like my best friend. So that makes it very easy for me to show up fully in that way. However, yes, it's such, I feel so blessed. Like I'm so grateful for him. Mm. But on online, I was like, okay, it's going to get back to my dad. It's going to thing what what do people want to think and when I started showing up I realized that people didn't care it was like nobody said anything and so I got to the point was like y'all don't see me or you don't like what is it y'all don't care and people were still liking and it really to me is anchored in your intention you know what is your intention if your intention is to show up fully so that people have no choice but to accept and respect who you are, then that's what's going to happen because that's your intention. You know, I believe that we all have different intentions and reasons why we may show up the way we do online. But if somebody has a reservation as to what the world may think, I would challenge them with the idea that do they really care though? Mm. Like, do they really care? Mm -hmm. Because I noticed that um, backlash, when I say I don't have much of it, I don't. The only backlash, if any, that I'm concerned about is Instagram's backlash. Like the, you know, I know that there's a whole shadow banning going on between sex workers and Instagram and Instagram really trying to, um, really just trying to silence, you know, um, those who work in sex work, those who explore their sensuality and their eroticism. So if there's a concern that I'm worried about, it's with Instagram itself, you know, um, but as far as the people backlash, absolutely not. I've run across people like you, you know, who really resonate with sensuality and femininity and eroticism and are okay. And are like, hey, do your thing. Even if they're not doing it, it's like you do yours. So backlash, honestly, not much. And that I can speak even for my sisters who are in very similar fields for me. We don't deal with much backlash, believe it or not. That's so great. Yeah, I... um. 
I started thinking about whether I do as well. And I really don't. Quite honestly, there's more people who receive you well. And I even get a lot of men asking me a lot of questions and they're curious. You know, a lot of our content is geared towards mm -hmm. women. But have you found that sometimes that your content calls to men because they want to show up fully in themselves as well? Yes. Um, for full transparency, there's there's <laughs> it's a toss up. There's men who come and are like, yeah, and, <laughs> and you know they hit me with that hey queen you know they love that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is fine and i i love to um tell or add to that that it, it's perfectly fine i'm not resistant to compliments i'm not resistant to someone saying hey you're beautiful i think there's nothing wrong with that you know we are, i'm open to that um but when it comes to men really wanting to unfold in their divinity Mm -hmm. I have seen more men do it, even if they don't know they are, yes. uh, you know, even sometimes they have no idea. They're just curious, like, so crystals, like you just use them da, 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 and they don't realize, Hey, you're tapping in. You just don't even know. Like <laughs> you don't know. Love it. <laughs> yes. And I think it's because there's so many women around them right now who are tapped in. Mm -hmm. Women are really waking up. Yeah. It is so beautiful right now. The energy and that's why everyone's mad. Everybody mad, okay? Because <laughs> women are really out here, you know, healing and thriving and vibrating high and healing themselves, you know, with no support. There are a lot of women doing this by themselves and men see it. And naturally men are going, so, you know, what can I do? So like, or I feel this way and men are starting to tap in specifically black men as well. So I will say I have received some messages, but oftentimes they don't even know what they're asking. Like they don't, they don't know that they're asking a healing or a question that can really support them in their healing. They yeah. don't know that. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Um, so I know on your website, you talked about sisterhood. What does that really mean to you? Um, do you have an online community? I know you have like classes that people can purchase from you online but like there's something that you do as a collective with any of these people that you work with tell me a little bit more about that yes um so let me start with the defining sisterhood which means a lot to me and the way I define it is in interconnectedness between us all I look at sisterhood like I'm your sister whether you even know it or not whether you acknowledge or, you know, like I'm your sister mm. and sister is not limited to, you know, just, okay, I'm black, you're black, you know? Cause I, I think oftentimes we do, it can be perceived that way. Is there a deep interconnectedness between us two? Absolutely. It, it goes a little bit deeper. There's a deeper um, relationship there. However, sisterhood to me is really in an energy, you know, an energy of a connected energy where my life directly influences yours, whether you know it or not. Yours directly influences mine, how you feel. You know, when you're healing, I heal. People say that, but there's a real energetic healing that is happening. So when I say as a collective, we're healing, there are women who are healing that don't even know they are because their sisters next to them are, you know? If I say, hey, you know what? Um, let's just give an example of, of herbs or something like that. If I'm using an herb and I share it online, you don't even know that you just healed. I've seen stuff that you shared at times and I'm like, 
okay, noted, you know, <laughs> I'm like, noted, yep, let me, you know, because you're my sister. So whether you knew it or not, you were healing me. And I think that's the power of sisterhood. So um, sisterhood is more than gatherings and holding hands. Cause I don't even have to hold your hands to, to heal with you. You know, is it more power if I hold your hands? Absolutely. So that's how I define sisterhood. Every single woman on this planet and are those who identify as a woman is my sister. Every single man on this planet and those who identify and don't non, non-binary, we're all related. There's all an energy, a connection with the collective. So that's how I look at sisterhood, brotherhood, um, you know, queenhood, all of that. Like it's a connection. Mm-hmm. And the way that I connect is every month. I don't do... I'm not even going to hold you. I don't do more than one, <laughs> one sister gathering type of thing a month only because I am all water and I can only handle so much. My little soul gets exhausted <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just kind of crab up and I'll hide for weeks. So instead of me hiding, I meet once a month with full moon bed yoga and that's where we get together. And immediately when we sign on, it's how's your heart? Tell me what you need right now. What do you need sexually, sensually, emotionally? Where are you? That's how we start. So that's how we open the gates of sisterhood each month. And we do that underneath the full moon, which to me is one of the most sacred times outside of new moon, obviously. So I'm very much into lunar flow. And that's when I like to meet with my sisters. Other than that, you know, sisterhood every day with me just sharing online, but meeting your girl is exhausted. So, so. You got to protect your energy so you can serve yeah. yourself first and the world if you choose to. So yes. I guess that. And I love that explanation of sisterhood, <clears throat> of how we energetically hold each other, how we heal from each other. And there is so much of that happening right now. Like this is such a time for healing on so many levels. Um, I just love that. And even like the way that you say you enter, um, you introduce people to your monthly, um, to your monthly gatherings. I kind of do something similar, but I literally, I don't know if you saw, I started getting a little like emotional when you said, how's your body? What do you need? Like those are powerful, powerful questions to ask yourself and to be asked by somebody else, especially your sister. Like it just, I, Mm -hmm. oh man, it just, it touched me very, very deeply to hear you say that. Yes. And to, and to hear it, Mm -hmm. you know, where you ask someone and you pause Mm -hmm. just to hear like, what, what are they saying? And then repeat what I hear you say is, you know, like letting them know, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I really see you. And, and I will say for me doing, I've been doing bed yogas now. That was my 17th bed yoga this past Sunday. So that's um, a year and a half ish. And um, throughout quarantine, it was rough. It was really rough. I know we're still kind of in quarantine, but people are back outside. But when people were really inside, it was so tough because the, we would be full, class would be full, and everyone would be crying. Everyone would be, I mean, there was so many emotions and women were exhausted. Yeah. That's the best thing, the best way to put it is women were exhausted. And my classes are predominantly black women. Mm-hmm. Black women are tired mm. and we're tired. And um, Black women were trying to heal themselves as well as take care of partners, children. Black women are still mothering and not just mothering 
children mothering men a lot of times, their partners were mothering themselves, mm. you know, and trying to heal. So just asking that question to your sister, hey, how are you doing? You know, even before we talk, do you have space? Mm. You know, like, can you, do you have space today? And then being okay if someone says, no, I don't. No problem, sis. Mm-hmm. tomorrow, the next day, take your time. I'll check in on you. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. I think that's so important right now. It is, it's, it's detrimental. Like that's, I can't even stress it. I know it sounds dramatic, but no, seriously. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It don't sound dramatic to me at mm-hmm. all. Yes. Oh man. Um, I feel like you and I could just talk forever, but we're not going to make this too long, but I do want to know about I noticed that you do a self-practice very often. I want to know like, what that's like for you, um, how that feel, fills you, but also the importance of doing it before you serve, because I've seen that you do a self-practice before you work with clients, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you do it after as well, but I, I love that, like the r- ritual that you create around just moving your body. That's something that I connect with so, so deeply for many reasons, but yeah, I'd love to hear about your own ritual practice with moving the body. Yes, um, I move my body in general like five to six times a week, if not more than that daily, because I believe that movement is how I transform and transmute energy. So when I work with the clients, naturally I'm holding space. So I become quite a bit of a a container is the best way to put it. I become a container for their emotions, for whatever they're exerting, whatever they're trying to let go of. And as guides, facilitators, you know, we can't hold it. Like we just can't, it'll, it'll completely wear us out. And I've been through that. I spent many years taking and taking and not even realizing that, Hey, Desiree, you're not dumping. So I would the next day feel certain things and I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh my and, <laughs> yeah, like, what is that? Why am I, or I'll be sad. Like I'll be like borderline depression. That's how tough it can get. Like you're really down. And not only are you down emotionally, you're physically sick. Like it's a real thing. And so I finally learned my lesson and I was like, okay. So now I, I began asking myself, is this yours? Right. That became a ritual of mine. Is this yours? It's not okay. So take it off. And the way that I do that is through movement. So while I'm moving, I'm visualizing the things that I'm releasing. So I don't, I don't move very often aimlessly, you know, um, all of my movement pretty much has deep intention and the intention is usually to feel or to release one or the other. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> oh my God. That's so good. I'm sorry for this. No, it is okay. You know, everything out. That's all right. Um, man, that's so beautiful. Like one of the things that drew me into you that I think mirrors how I feel on the inside is your movement is always like you, you just mentioned your intention, um, but it's very slow. Like because you're breathing, I can tell you're breathing into your body a lot. And would you say that you're feeling into every single part of your body that you're moving while you're doing it? Is there a thought process to that while you're in it? Or is it something that's just kind of like almost like a movement meditation for you? Uh, Movement meditation often. However, there are many times where I prompt myself. So I'm big on prompting. Um, Even with my clients, I prompt a lot. 
but with myself, I'm the study. So when I'm moving, I'll tend to float off. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Even as I'm saying it, it's like a disconnection or disassociate. Like I'll tend to float off for a second. Not that I'm out of my body. It's still a very in the body experience, but I become an observer of my movement. And when I become the observer, I'm prompting myself. And I know that's heavy for some, or it may not make sense to some, but, there, <laughs> but there's a... um. It's a, to me, it's a craft to be able to stand outside of yourself, still connected to your sensual body. So still have sensory aware, awareness, however you can observe and you can see what's happening. So you're able to correct or self-correct at times when you need to. And when I correct, it's because I notice, hey, Desiree, you're not following the prompt. Follow the prompt. The prompt is to notice your fingertips, right? If that's the prompt, I can tell when I'm in my toes, Desiree, get back in your fingertips. So at times when I practice or when I share clips online, everyone gets snippets of what may have been two or three hours of movement. Mm -hmm. And the movement looks the same. The movement is not all over the place, meaning I can stay in one pose and move in that one pose for 30 minutes. And most people don't believe it um, or they believe they have to continually move. No, movement can be so nuanced. So you can be sitting in one pose for 30 minutes and just play with your fingers and just notice how that feels, right? And then allow your fingers to dance and then allow them to touch. So when I share these clips, it's, it's, in, it's clips of what have, may have been 30 minute increments of me playing with the different aspects of my sensual body and observing it at the same time. So me sitting back and putting on a show for myself, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over here tripping out because I'm just like, it's so much confirmation. Um, it's so much confirmation for me, one, to be one of your clients. I've been, like I told you before, I've been wanting to do this for months. So you just sold me on that shit. So you'll expect me from me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I need that, especially like as a facilitator. I just recently got told, I, I did um, Reiki one training and doing my mm -hmm. Um, the teacher told me, she whispered in my ear, she was like, you're setting people free with the work that you do, but you're taking on all their pain. And I literally just like, was mm. crying. and so I understand that taking on, and I didn't realize that that's what I have been doing for years. So I'm working currently on letting that go and asking myself, is this mine? Because I know that, but I just haven't been practicing that. So thank you for that confirmation. And I'm sure, sure. I'm sure that's going to, um, help a lot of women heal a lot of people mm -hmm. who are healers themselves learn how to heal themselves but I love the idea of um guiding yourself being seen by yourself and staying in tune and not rushing through certain movements because a lot right. of the mind moves very fast we have to-do lists we're taking care of this we're taking care of that we have businesses all those things and we feel like if we have a ritual, we have to rush through it. So the fact that you spend that much time with yourself, that quality time, so you have a relationship with yourself. And that's- Every, yeah, that is all day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love yeah. that idea of, um, like, I feel like that's the epitome of being seen because it's by you. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a lot of feeling that comes in being seen by your, your sisterhood um, or by other people, but to really see yourself, there's so much, there's so much healing that I'm sure you've experienced there. Yeah. Um, yes. <sighs> there's no need for outside validation at that point, because again, especially with movement and sharing movement, 
I, I feel that oftentimes I can observe, I can watch movement and I'll see one move really, really, really fast, right? And fast movement can still be sensual, can still be erotic, can be all the things. However, if you're moving fast in order to avoid being seen, then that's something to muse on. So you moving very slow allows everything to be seen. And um, I think that you have to be quite self-validated in order to do that. Only because a lot of folks will look at it and go, what am I, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I used to get that a lot. Like, okay, well, what else? Like, <laughs> you're just, you're just sitting there or you're just, and it's like, no, I'm actually existing fully right now in this moment. Like, this is not just sitting, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is work, <laughs> but yes. So, okay, so it says that on your website that you've had seven years of doing this work and then 18 years as a performer. Mm -hmm. So even if you just look at her videos on Instagram and some of her content on her website, you can tell that she's been at this for a long time for the people who are just starting out on their journey of mm -hmm. self-exploration. Um, what would you give to them to help them start, help them begin and kind of um, meet those feelings of maybe anxiety that they might feel about meeting mm -hmm. themselves and tuning into their bodies? Is there anything that you would say for people who are new to this type of work? Yes, I would say start exactly where you are first. Um, disregard whatever you see online. <laughs> you know, uh, oftentimes beginners feel like they have to almost imitate exactly what they see online. So I always invite everyone to begin, especially my newer clients, begin with defining sensuality, defining sexuality, defining eroticism. And I always tie those three in together. I don't separate the three only because I believe that movement is a holistic practice, right? You can move one without the other. However, all three are sisters and they hold hands. And we love to separate the two because sensuality is a little bit more, it's easily digestible to say, I'm sensual. It's a little bit more challenging to say I'm sexual, I'm erotic. That are, that's trigger words for a lot of folks, right? Mm -hmm. So I love to bring those three in together. So I usually invite, and I will invite beginners here to define those things. And when I say define, literally write them down. What does it mean? for me to be sensual? What does it mean for me to be erotic? And what does it mean for me to own my sexual energy or my sexual power? What does that mean? Once you have it written down, then you can begin to move anchored in those definitions. So you're not moving anchored in what someone else told you sensuality should be. You're not moving in your bodysuit because you saw a bodysuit online and thought, you know, that's the way it has to be. No, <laughs> you're moving very authentic to yourself. And, um, and I believe that's the way to begin a practice is to begin anchored in authenticity. So I would start with those definitions and then start moving those definitions through your body. There's no rules with that. Stand in front of a mirror, turn on a song you love, just a song that like, you really vibe into at the moment, and then just dance. Sensuality is, and it can be anything. You can be rocking side to side. You can be A, you can be <laughs> all of that sensual, all of it sexual, all of it is still erotic. And then as you progress, you start inviting in the different senses. So you start inviting in touch. Again, taking it only as far as you feel called to do. I'm very big on safety. So just being very patient with yourself, allowing your nervous system to adjust to what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know? So that's where I would start with definitions, 
start moving, invite in sensory play. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, would you mind sharing your definitions of those three things? Ooh, it depends on the day, but let me see. <laughs> I got to switch this up. Um, <laughs> sensuality to me is, is simply being anchored in your senses. That's it. Uh, sensuality has nothing to do with um, anything other than your senses for me, right? Um, which means that you can have a sensual experience at any moment. You don't have to be on your mat. You don't have to be on a pole. You don't have like sensuality is when I wake up. When I wake up, I'm sensual yeah. because I hear the birds. I see the sun, you know, peeping through my window or through my blinds. I can, I feel myself. I feel my breath. That's mm -hmm. sensual. So that's sensuality to me. Sexuality, um, or I also translate it as sexual energy, is my creative space. So that's the space I use to create, manifest, to birth things into this world. So even ideas, my children are a part of my sexual energy. Um, my business is a part of my sexual energy as well as... Um, my literally my sexual energy, my pleasure center. So when I'm turned on, when I'm, you know, having um, or exploring orgasmic energy, all of that falls underneath sexual energy. So sexual energy is just, it's just that it's a creative space, you know, um, or a creative portal for you. That's how I define sexual energy. And that's anything that falls underneath creativity. And eroticism or the erotic is, Ooh, so this is the one that changes throughout the day. So <laughs> the erotic, so oh, this is a challenging definition for me. It, so the erotic is like a, you know what I would consider it in, in Sade's words? It's like um, the big unknown. Yeah. The erotic is mystical to me. There's a mysticism. It's um, almost mysterious. It's the part of me that, can seduce something into my life, right? It's powerful because you're able to literally call things into your life through your erotic power. So it's where you use your sexual energy and transmute it into eroticism. That's the, that's the best way for me to define it mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So when I show up um, in my movement, a lot of times I'm anchored in my erotic power where I understand that my gaze is erotic. I understand that it can call people in and right. that's the performer side probably <laughs> the erotic is that it's that of almost a performance I don't want to say it's performance as if it's inauthentic it's yeah. authentic but it's where you invite people into your space mm. you know mm. it's not just it's not simply a solo thing it can be but the erotic is deeply anchored in inviting you into my sexual energy my pleasure my sensuality it's knowing what to call in that's that's the best way for me to define it I love it I love it I love it oh my god we could talk about all this stuff all day long um and I hope we get to continue this conversation another time because there's so many things that can unfold from this um so I have something that I started doing with people where I asked them three questions at the tail end of the interview are you game to answer these questions yes okay so yeah go with your gut feeling um okay. Okay, so what are you loving right now? Oh, what am I loving? Mm -hmm. I'm loving music right now. I'm just, I'm over here vibing. 
<laughs> so that's what I'm loving, music. What, uh, any type of uh, artist or song? Oh, um, Jerome Thomas is in heavy rotation and he's not really popping yet. I don't understand why. I'm like, where are the people? Like, <laughs> um, so Jerome Thomas is in heavy rotation for me right now. And I am, I am rocking the Drake album and all that, you know, I'm still, I love hip hop. So okay. yeah. I've never heard of Jerome Thomas. I don't think. Anyway. Get away. Yes. Um, what are you curious about at the moment? Um, I'm curious about, ooh, what am I curious about? Honestly, I'm curious about where this is all taking me. Yeah, that's where I'm, cu- I'm curious about where I'm going, ooh. you know, in a very, in a very full way. I'm mm-hmm. curious about where I'm going. I love that. Yeah. Um, and lastly, what do you say yes to almost always? food okay. <laughs> um, specifically vegan food but um any kind of food that is very spicy so I am big on Thai food right now and sushi and I need to calm down so that's what it's always yes you want to go to sushi yes <laughs> that's what I'm saying yes to I love it I love it okay so where people listening where can they find you online Yes, my website is www.sugarandsage.org. There you will find details on upcoming experiences. I have on-demand videos, a little community there where you can access movement and pleasure rituals and things like that. Um, You can also find me on Instagram at sugar.sage as well as my personal Instagram, which is I am whole bunny. You can also find me on TikTok. I did join TikTok. So (laughs) it's been fun. And it's the same names on TikTok as well as YouTube, same names. Wow. I just joined TikTok too. I'm still trying to find my way. I have like one video up. I have to find you on there. It's, it's fun. I'm not doing now the little challenges I hadn't gotten into yet. Like the little, like the little dance, you know, Um, but it's been, it's actually been nice. Yeah. I like TikTok. It's it's fun. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, having a conversation with me today, for sharing all of those wonderful nuggets that I'm sure are going to fill people up. I'm leaving this conversation full as hell, and I can't wait to work with you for sure. Like, I so much gratitude. So much. Aww, gratitude. You sis, thank you for having me, and I will see you. Look, I will see you on IG. <laughs> Yo, she dropped so many gems on this episode and I'm so forever grateful for having her be one of my first guests, even when I didn't know what the fuck this was going to be. Even when I showed up tired on Zoom, she enveloped me in so much love and so much energy. I'm so grateful to have her as a part of my online sisterhood and hopefully we can meet sometime in person. By now, I've actually been coached by her, and when I tell you she's the truth, she is the fucking truth. (laughs) So go follow her online wherever she's at and support her and join her community on Sugar, Sugar and Sage, just like I did. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share with your loved ones and show us some love by giving us a five-star rating and reviewing us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
You have no idea how much we would appreciate your love and support, and that will help amplify these conversations and continue to help others uncover their own truths. The Uncovered Podcast is executive produced by Copper Key Studios and Kian Renee with original music produced by Fino Rango Rangel Entertainment. If you're interested in booking an intimate portrait session or joining my online course, please find me at copperkeystudios.com to book your session or coaching. Follow me on Copper Key Studios on Instagram for inspiration and engaging stories. Thank you.